Hello, friends, and welcome to the Bloom Pod. I'm your host, Lauren Taylor, and I'm so excited to encourage the heck out of you over the next 60-ish minutes. We're having conversations that will ignite your spark and challenge you to embrace your real. We're breaking down barriers and encouraging you to embrace the incredible queen you are. Basically, we're having a giant slumber party and you're going to leave feeling inspired, encouraged to step into your power. So turn up the volume and get ready to bloom with us. Welcome back to the Bloom Pod. I'm your host, Lauren Taylor. And joining us today is Daria Astaneva. She's a Russian indigenous woman and a Canadian immigrant with a passion for connecting with women from various backgrounds in order to help them achieve their goals. She has over five years of digital marketing experience from managing influencer relationships with Smash and Test to now launching her own company back in June 2022 to become an influencer marketing consultant for brands and a personal branding consultant for influencers and content creators. She believes that there are enough seats at the table for everyone if we all commit to making room for one another and celebrating one another. You are magic. I'm so excited that you are on. <laughs> oh my god, you were just reading my bio and was like, seriously? You just be like, that's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, I'm just I'm so stoked. I would just love for you to share where did this idea come from for you to take that dive into owning your own company and really like seeking out on your own of working with brands and um, content creators and influencers? So, you know what? I grew up in a family of entrepreneurs. Like my, it was really, really like self-starter entrepreneurship kind of like family. But then when I immigrated from Russia to Canada, everything was like, you need to go to the university, you need to do your nine to five, and then you retire when you're 65, uh, contribute to your RRSP account, this amount of money every month, and then just travel for two weeks at a time. What really hit me in 2021 when I was about to get married and I decided to go and see my family for two weeks, the only thing that I could do is to go and see them for two weeks. And it took me almost three days to travel from Canada to my hometown in Russia because first of all, COVID, second of all, there is no just direct flight. So and it was like almost 40 hours one way for me to get there. And when I landed, I was like, this is not how I want to travel to my hometown until I'm 65. This is not how I want to see my family until I'm 65, only like two weeks, because I, I love to travel. Like this is how my husband and I, this is like our biggest hobby in the world. Like we love to explore. We love to go and see places. And if it takes me three days to go to my hometown, to see my parents, to see my sisters, there is not nothing left for me to explore and I love myself I really love myself like I deserve to go on vacation more than twice when more than two, two weeks at a in a year so and then you know what uh, 2022 hit and I just realized that I hit my ceiling in a company I loved my company I loved every person that worked there it was really such a truly supporting environment but I just realized that this is as far as we can go and then, yeah, I just took an absolute leap of faith. I remember I was sitting at home with my husband and we were talking about, I was just promoted as well, got a really nice salary bump, everything. And then I realized like, this will be my salary for two years. And this is not what I want to do. And then I was really scared 
to first of all to admit myself that I really want to have my own company and I really want to go and do it. Uh, and then my husband is two very wise and very smart guys. He is, he asked me, what would I do if I knew I couldn't fail? And I said, mm. I would definitely leave my nine to five and go open my consulting company. And that's what I did in the next week. Wow. Oh, that's so good. That's so empowering. And I love that. And I, that question right there, what would I do if I could not fail? That truly, I think just, and as it did for you, just opens up your mind to like, oh, like, I know, like it, it, it just kind of removes those hesitations, doubts, fears, and just lets you just go for it, which you did. And now we're here and it's, wow, that's, that's amazing. So I know that must feel just really good that you took that leap of faith. Yes, it was incredibly scary. Like, I'm not gonna lie. There were moments when I thought, like, why the hell did I do it? Like, <laughs> the first two months, I was like, Daria, you are so freaking stupid. Like, you had a really great job. You had a really nice salary. You had everything. Like, why are you so, so freaking dumb? And then once, you know, the first two months rolled in and the clients actually started coming to me, that's where the magic happened. And this is what's like, okay, uh, I know why I left. Oh my goodness. Okay. You're influencer and brand marketing coach. So could you walk us through what that is? What does that mean? What does that look like? For sure. I mean, influencer marketing is such a, like a baby industry. Like mm-hmm. my job did not exist like five, 10 years ago. It's in a very, very baby stages of everything. So what I do, I am practically a middle person of everything. I work with influencers to help them get brand deals. I work with brands to help them work with influencers, whether it's on gifting capacity or it's a paid partnerships or building out affiliate program for them. Affiliate meaning they get a commission for influencer gets a commission for every sale that they bring in. I also work with influencers directly helping them to step up their personal brand online. So brands will be the one reaching out, you know, fighting for their deals, being like, oh my God, pick me, let me be the one paying you all the money. And this is, I absolutely love that area of my, of my business. And I also consult businesses or marketers as well and helping them to step up and learning how to do influencer marketing on their own so they can do it. So I do a lot of stuff. I do a lot of stuff mostly because there is not enough experts in my niche. And I will absolutely be using this opportunity to tell you that I'm opening my influencer marketing academy end of January. So there will be more seats in influencer marketing tables. The table will be bigger. The seats will be more. And so everyone can enjoy this amazing and absolutely incredible and rewarding business of influencer marketing because I, this is my passion. I absolutely love it. And I can tell you beam when you talk about it. And that's so inspiring. I've worked for brands when they've worked with influencers. I've been in, well, a reluctant influencer before. <laughs> I mean, you are doing a really good job. Come on. You are a really high quality nano influencer. Really high quality. You should be very proud of yourself. Thank you so much. You're you're so kind. I think there's been more of a movement for representation and brands. I think there still is such a need for representation and brands when it comes to inclusivity, diversity, equal pay amongst creators. And so this is something I think 
I mean, and I'm sure you've you've also seen it and, and being able to like work these deals and everything. It's like, we need more of this because there's, I still think there's a, a bit of lack of transparency when it comes to, okay, like this creator got paid way more when this other creator could, should have been paid, you know, as equally. And so we're kind of, you know, there's, there's this conversation happening where it's like, okay, enough is enough. Oh my God, absolutely. And you know what? Influencer marketing is such a, like a hush hush industry for both sides, for brands and influencers equally, because influencers, when you work on, when you work with brands and you're pushing and promoting yourself, it kind of feels like, oh, I don't want to tell this person how much I'm charging because like, what if they will like, I don't know, like do something about this information. And you're also working by yourself. So you are a solo entrepreneur trying to figure it out. But as we all know, the world is not, just for one person, like there are millions and millions of people and you can do better when you can do it together. And this is why, like, for Mm. example, huge brands, they reach out to nano and micro influencers and they be like, I will give you $100 gift card for seven reels. And some influencers accept it because they don't know there can be any better. They don't know that, oh, okay, I can actually ask for money. I can actually ask for, like, I don't know, bigger gift card if they want to. And there are influencers who are like, okay, seven reels is going to be $10,000. Thank you so much. This is my media kit. Uh, This is my agent email. uh, And this is my e-transfer information. If you're interested, here we go. Thank you so much. And there is such a huge gap in between those people and they have same engagement same followers number same view same everything but just because one group doesn't know that they can ask for it this is where brands take advantage of it and this is just way too sad yes when I was first starting out (laughs) it's so funny now looking back on it because I would I would basically stalk brands until they said yes to me but I would I would reach out and I would just say like you know what I this is what I can do for you back then this was like a few years ago I was charging around like 400 500 a post on Instagram now I would charge upwards of like 1200 and all the way up and especially with video content. So how do you measure with your clients? Like how do you measure that the pricing? Because I think that's probably one of the people's biggest struggles is like, how do I price my, like what I can create? Well, I, there is unfortunately no, just like one formula that works for everybody. And this is, Probably why influencer marketing is such a wild west where everybody is charging anywhere from 50,000 up until, you know, whatever. The, like, the smallest one that I would recommend you, especially for the video content, especially for reels, stories, YouTube, TikTok, whatever. Ask how much does it take you in hours to make and produce this video and start from like gathering the ideas, you know, like doing your market research on Instagram reels and TikTok. We all know that we do it. That's fine. That all counts to finding the perfect audio, uh, figure out your outfit, everything. And like, does it take you two hours? Does it take you five hours? Does it take you 15 hours? And then figure out how much you actually want to be paid per hour. Do you want to be paid $7? I don't think so because you no. never do it dollars an hour. Do you want to get paid a hundred dollars an hour? Now that sounds like a much better deal than seven dollars an hour. So just try to figure out how, uh, like, how much hours it takes, how many hours it takes you to create this content, and then just go from there. 
but the best way would be to start higher and always put higher rates on your media kit if you want for if you want thousand dollars for your reel ask for 1500 if they're gonna mm. say no say sure let's negotiate i can do i can do 1200 they're like no we still can do it's like cool i can i can do 1k and they're like sure let's do 1k but you started from 1500 and then you're just going down and with the brand, if they have an opportunity to pay, and if they can't pay, they will be like, sure, I, I can pay you 1500 And then you're like, cool. And you, you don't even need to negotiate, but you need to know what would be the lowest rate that you can go for, for all your content. And you also need to be realistic. What would be the highest rate? Like realistically, if you have like 5,000 followers, you cannot be asking $25,000 for a reel because you're just not there just yet. But you definitely can easily ask for 1K absolutely easily. That's so good. Because often when we hear a no from a brand, we're like, okay. And then we just like move on. But you're right. You're absolutely right though. There is always an opportunity to negotiate, especially if a brand does want to work with you, whether you cold outreach to to them or not. So that's, yeah, that's really phenomenal. And you also made a really great point to shoot you know, higher and to understand what your bottom line like would be like, absolutely not. I would never, you know, I wouldn't do a video for less than $500 or, no. you know, whatever it is. Yeah, exactly. So, and there's a really great platform. I don't know if you, if you've used it, but it's called toggle mm-hmm. where you can, yep. You can track how long things take you. Cause I had to do that as well, because you're right from literally from concept all the way up into launch, depending on like what content you're creating, but especially even when I do try on hauls and different things. I mean, that's a whole <laughs> production. <laughs> you have to also keep an account stuff like email communication with a brand. That's also what you have to keep an account. You reaching out, you following up with them seven times. You'd be like, okay, let's go. Let's do, let's do it. This also all the stuff that you need to keep an account any bookkeeping works that you need to do, any invoicing, everything needs to be kept in account and not just, oh, it takes me two hours to shoot this reel. This is so good. So how do you feel about UGC and like influencer marketing? And again, I think UGC has, has, a, has been a bit rebranded now, but creating content, it's user-generated content, it's creating content where the brand can just use, you don't have to have an audience nothing like that. Do you see it as in the same categories? Do you see that UGC will be more favorited versus just influencer marketing? What are your opinions on UGC? Well, there are multiple ways. For for example, the biggest difference between UGC and IGC, influencer generated content, is you get exposure and you get brand awareness. You get brand credibility for like, let's say like Alicia McCarvel or Sarah Zabert's Papaya. Sharing about your brand, you get the layer of brand credibility and brand awareness and brand recognition. With UGC, unfortunately, the reality is that you're not going to do it. But from a content creation perspective, if you're just starting out, if you are not really sure if you want to be the face, if you want to go for like doing this whole thing blown up, if you just want to create like an extra side hustle for yourself, UGC can definitely be the way to go because it's much lower rate. Like you can charge, I don't know, I feel like something like $300 and around that area for a reel. That's what normally UGC comes to. 
and you can produce a lot of stuff and you get to work with lots of brands. You can, you get to work with brands that you probably would never work if you were an influencer in that area and those two different things. Uh, I would say like brands do see them as kind of like under the same umbrella, but in reality, I feel like how they work and how they perform, it's different because influencer marketing is still marketing. Like we still need influencers to share about the brand. We still need to have this connection. And UGC is more like under social media umbrella where it's content creation in, in its like pure form. In, in like you are you don't have the personality per se behind this video. I love the way that you explain that. So UGC versus IGC. Now using knowing the new acronym. But yes, I so that makes so much sense because I often do say it kind of married together a lot, but that differentiator makes it super clear. Just taking helping to take people through the process. So let's just say, okay, 2023. Or let's just say I have, I can use me as an example. So I have about 6,000, yeah, 6,000 followers plus rough or less. And I'm like, okay, I want to take influencing seriously. I want to land some really major brand deals. How would you advise me to do that to capitalize on personality content? And what would that outreach look like? As I guess it's a two-parter question, but also what would that outreach look like to brands? Well, my first question would be, do you have a media kit? Then my answer would be, yes, I do. Media kit, rate card, portfolio. (laughs) You're already ahead of the curve. You have a media kit. I love it. So just for our audience here, you need to have a media kit. It's kind of like your pitch sales deck. This is very short information about you, about your brand. For any previous partnerships that you have worked with, any social media insight and include, your audience demographic as well, because as a brand buying in influencer content, I cannot tell you enough that the first, like the first things that I look at is actually audience demo, because for example, let's say I work for a company and it's a beauty brand and we want to expand our audience in Alberta, for example, Uh, the first thing where I would go is the media kit to check what is the percentage of the Alberta audience that they have, right? And they have 40% of Alberta. I will say, cool. Let's sign a deal right here. So be very mindful of that and do share it because I know people sometimes be like, my US plus Canadian uh, location is 70%. Like, no, I need cities. I need specific country breakdown. I need gender breakdown. I need age breakdown because I have very specific product. I need you to know who's following you exactly. So have it on your media kit. So Lauren, you already have a media kit. So yay, great for you. I would recommend you relentlessly reach out to brands and follow up with them. I manage, I I do talent management for influencers and we reach out to 20 to 50 brands a week per influencer. And then normally it takes, I don't know, anywhere from eight to 15 follow-ups for a brand to reply to us. Like we literally just annoy the hell out of them. Where they're like, okay, Daria, what do you have? Like, sure. Just like stop emailing me every week. Like you really need to be very relentless and very, you, yeah, you just can't stop. It's literally business development. You know, like when you have all the huge tech companies and when they are doing business development, they are annoying as hell. 
they email you, they like LinkedIn you, they uh, send you like text messages, they are everywhere because they are trying to get your business because they're doing business development. You're in the same position as an influencer. You need to do business development of yourself. Now, it's very easy to do when you have a team behind you, but as an influencer marketing is a very solopreneur kind of business, you get to wear multiple hats. You got to do your bookkeeping. You got to do all the content creation, which is probably the most fun part. And this is the reason why you're doing this entire thing. But you also get to do negotiations, content management, business development, relationship building, everything and everything and networking and beyond, beyond, beyond. That's business development. I know for many influencers, it's the last thing that they do, but it's the most important component of this entire mm. I mean, apart from content creation, of course, because like yes. you still need to sell something. <laughs> Content creation is nice, but realistically, content creation in itself, it's not going to pay the bills. But you are in content creation because you are this creative soul. You have this creative spirit. You want the freedom. You want you want to create. It's still marketing. This is why you need people. If you don't want to do it yourself, you need people who will do it for you uh, and people who enjoy it. And this is what I do. I live and breathe business development. I love getting the deals. I love negotiating. I'm very ruthless in my negotiating. And I can like very easily tell people no when the opportunity is not right. So you just need to find a right person for you. If you got to the point where you're like, you know what, I just cannot do it by myself because you also need to be very on top of your time management, project management, invoicing, billing, everything. And that's yes. like a separate job in itself, right? Yes. That's why you need to bring out team members to your team to support you because alone, you're not going to go very, very far in any business, but you can go very far when you have a team behind you. Even in, in my understanding of even my own personal brand, I'm, I'm realizing that, that it's when you get, I think once you build a really strong community and a community that would convert as well too, I think that's very important. For example, I know that if I were to share things about Aerie, I mean, I being an Aerie ambassador, I love Aerie so much that most of my audience are also gigantic Aerie fans. So if I'm going to share something, I know that that would convert really well. And that, so that's what I mean by conversion. And so I think once you get to that point, because I, I tend not to lean too heavy on follower number, I lean more so heavy on comments, likes, engagement, shares. And so I would love for you to share is that like the right path to lean on? Like how does one 100%. measure? 100%. Lauren, you're on the right path. 100%. I have worked in my years and years of experience. I work with people who have 3,000 followers and they convert like absolutely crazy. And they convert like people who have 100,000 followers. I've worked wow. with people who have 50,000 followers and they convert like someone has zero followers all about your connections that you have with the audience brands start caring less about the number and they care about your engagement they care about your story views because for example you can be at twenty thousand followers and you can have 200 story views you can be at twenty thousand followers as well but you can have five thousand story views technically if you look from perspective of the brand they're like okay those people should charge the same but they won't because a person whose story views are like 200 to 300 will charge one amount. A person who has 20,000 followers and who has 
5,000 and up views will charge a very different amount and very rightly so because it's all about the connections that they have this community. It's all about the engagement that they have. It's all about the personal brand, again, that they have built with their community. Yes. What I found with my own community, it's really those conversations happen a lot in like DMs and everything. So if you are trying to build like your audience and your community, to me, it's like, Respond to stories, respond to people's posts, start the conversations. No, like no, just emojis. It's like really connect with people because I think those are then the long lasting relationships. And those are the people who will then also share you on their profiles. And you just start to kind of get seen in more and more places. And you really create these authentic, genuine relationships. And I've seen so many um, actually Canadian influencers do this so well, where it's like you see people in their comments and it's genuinely, I mean, it's like, they maybe have never met that person, but that person feels like they're already like friends and connected and they're really taking them along um, the journey of their life. Absolutely. And that's about, it's again, it's about the personal brand. Personal brand is people having an image of you in their own mind. Like it has nothing to do with you. Your personal brand has nothing to do with you. It's all about what people think of you. And this is just the reality of it. And personal brand is about sharing your personal journey and how far you've come, and what you have achieved, and your vulnerability points, how relatable you are. You know, you can have 10 million followers, but you know, you still wake up feeling like you just need like five gallons of coffee IV in your body right away. And no matter how many followers you have, we all have this mornings. Like I woke up today, I was like, why? Why did I wake up? Yes. Like we all have this morning and we all have this moments and it's all about people knowing that you are still a human being because with Instagram specifically, it's very easy to get this, oh my God, this IG perfect lifestyle where you're like mm. a super skinny mama has 15 kids, like no <laughs> nannies. She does like their homework. Everybody is an A plus student. They volunteer 50 hours every day. Like this is not a realistic lifestyle and this is not a realistic brand. And this is not a sustainable brand that you can build on. But when you're like a mom, I work a lot of like mom influencers. So I like, I will probably do them a lot as examples. When you're a mom and you wake up and you're like, why? You're overwhelmed. You have work. You are a content creator. You're a mom. I one of my influencers. She's currently pregnant. So, you know, the world is just like extra tough for her. And she mm-hmm. actually shares about it. She's like, I feel overwhelmed with everything. I do right now and people know that she is and people know that she's still a human being on the other side of that you know great stories her beautiful house the way she dresses everything people still know that she's a human she's still relatable she's still funny and like she still you know wakes up every morning and like she's pregnant but like uh, she craves coffee like crazy (laughs) I love that and as you said it is it relates. It's re- relating it back. And there's so much, I think when a person is able to be vulnerable, there's so much to relate to in that and wherever they are in their journey. Because even let's just say if I was a follower of hers, even if I'm not like a mom yet, like I can still relate to being tired. I can still relate to like feeling overwhelmed. And so there's so much opportunity there, uh, which is really, really cool. And so if you had like a, maybe like a list of three, five of what not to do, as an influencer or what not to do when it comes to influencer marketing, marketing, brand partnerships, what would you say? 
Oh, I love it. Okay, let's do like a personal branding perspective. So you as an influencer, and then let's do influencer marketing. So mm-hmm. number one thing that you should not do is you should you should not lie. And first of all, to yourself, your personal brand will be built on very, very strongly, and you will have very strong foundation for everything if you're staying true to yourself all the time. If yes. you are trying to get into this like overly curated Instagram moment, eating avocado toast, and you're like, and you hate freaking avocados, like that's fine. You should just say it because in yes. you saying it, in you being real, you're first of all, you are standing out of the crowd of millions and millions of people who are obsessed with avocados. I'm just like, I'm absolutely shitting on avocado toast. It was actually my breakfast today and my lunch and like <laughs> I, probably dinner because I have no capacity to cook anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like, you do not have to go with the wave of everyone. You should just be yourself because people will attract only to authenticity, to only your creating this, your true self. If, for example, if you like to go out and and enjoy a, a glass of wine every Friday, you should not like cover it. You should not ask like, oh my God, I don't drink. Like if you swear, like I swear a lot in both languages and this is just a reality. This is like my style. I swear in both languages and this is what I do on my stories. I have an accent in English and like coming up and like sharing that I have it. Like English is not my first language. It's also, it's a big part of authenticity as well because like this is this is how i talk like i cannot I, I can't do anything about it like this is me in a nutshell and this is how you attract people people only attract to honesty you can't build a brand if you're doing something unauthentic to you but it's not going to be sustainable this is not something mm-hmm. that you would be able to have for like years and years to come let's say so this is the first advice another thing that you should not do is do not have a community and do not have a network of people who can support you. You as an influencer, it's a very, it's, it can be a very lonely industry and it can be a very lonely world if you're doing it full time just by yourself, because in most of the time it's just you and your camera and there is nobody else. That's, that's just a reality. You definitely need to build a community of like-minded people. And I'm not talk- talking about your communities that you have on social, but a community of people, maybe the same influencers, maybe marketers, maybe people that you work behind the brands who understand your struggles, who, with whom you can share the experience, with whom you know you can rely on, share the challenges, like tell what's up, uh, come on, like message me, email me. I'm always happy for to chat. I'm always happy to jump on a call, go for a coffee walk with you in Vancouver. It's a very lonely industry. And you should not, absolutely, you should not do it by yourself because mm. it's also not sustainable. Inf- being an influencer is like doing seven jobs at a time. You running the entire company and doing and running five, seven departments by yourself, nobody would never expect to do that from you if you were to work in like a regular job right then why do you expect yourself to do it so for influencer marketing perspective you absolutely absolutely not should give out your usage rights and what i mean is if a brand wants to boost your content on their advertising channels like Facebook advertising, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Pinterest, whatever, if they want to use your content on print media channels, on any channels where they can make money off, you say no unless they pay you. Mm, That part. Yes, unless they, they can do whatever they want as long as they pay you. 
And I just, just this year, I learned about digital usage rights because I, I didn't even understand that because I know now I know what could happen was, let's just say they use your content for an ad or something like that. That ad blows up. It creates millions of you know dollars for them in revenue. And it's like, you don't see any of that because no, no. yeah. There is no profit sharing system when it comes to ads and people using your ads. Like there is, there is none. I would normally recommend you giving brands organic usage rights, which means that brand has a right to reshare your content on their organic social media channels. I would normally say that it's fine because it helps you build a relationship with a brand. But when it comes to paid stuff, anything that where they can put money behind your brand, this is where you need to stop and be like, this is my digital usage rights. Thank you so much. And this is my invoice. And this is my e-transfer information. Thank you. <laughs> I love it. This past year was my first time ever having a lawyer. Now understanding, I definitely should have had a lawyer and an accountant long time ago with different things. Things like that, where it's a lawyer, an accountant, consultant, coach, you feel a bit like the Avengers in the sense, you exactly. know, like you just, yeah. yeah. It's like, you know, <laughs> You, you have such a huge table for yourself and like, it's cool that you have the main seat, but you cannot cover the entire table by yourself just because, I mean, we all have our own gifts. Like I'm very stupid with numbers. Like ask me anything about math. I like my brain won't do anything when you ask me, like not even crickets will show up. So anything like accounting related tax related i have people for that i have people who on whom i rely on because i mean i'm stupid with that but <laughs> like this is like i just collected a person to join and to make my seat bigger and make my table bigger and stronger you know like the true avengers seem like going yes. so like i can have this person rely on uh, i can rely on this person and it's like to this amazing avengers uh example i absolutely love it captain america or like black widow did not run the show all by herself like black yes. Widow, she was absolutely incredible badass but i mean she had like 50 guys with her kicking yes ass. Yes. So, like, and she wouldn't be able to stop everything just by herself, right? It's like we have exactly. like 15 movies and it couldn't be all be about Black Widow. Like she's amazing, but it's just not realistic. So you just need to realize who you are and what your role is in your Avenger show. Take that seat and introduce other people to their roles in your team and have other members join you so you can kick ass like 100%, like no matter who's going to come representation, inclusivity, and diversity when it comes to working with brands, because I have definitely been in situations where I am the only Black woman influencer content creator in the room. And that comes with its own stress, responsibilities, pressures, because you feel like you're like representing everyone in your in your culture. And obviously, there's no way that I could ever do that. There's this underlying pressure there. And then also there's this also this guilt as well too of of like well did they only choose me because i'm you know fit the whatever black woman stereotype that they were looking for you know there's so many thoughts that run through your head and then of course the underlying systemic racism what is your advice for how to navigate that if you are the only person in the room in the campaign it's a lot gonna tell you from like both both perspective from the brand and from influencers obviously like as a brand there is no excuses when you're just working with 
you know, white, gorgeous, incredible, uh, size zero women, and you kind of disregard the rest, this is definitely not the brand that you want to continue working with. And this is just the reality of it. This very sad part in influencer marketing as probably in any industry, it's still a very, it, it can be a very racist industry and they disregard a lot, a lot of people just because they don't look the part also they don't act the part. But I feel like in the past couple of years, especially since the pandemic started, brands start to recognize the importance of representation and inclusivity. Like, and the people they actually want to have conversation with and the people they want to target and the people they want to work with as the audience and as the influencers as well. There is definitely this small shine of hope. I would just say to brands, be very mindful with who you work with. Be very, very mindful and understand what you're doing in a, like a great, great scene. Just working with the same people who you worked in like years and years to come. It's probably not the only way that you can utilize content creators. And there are many, many incredible content creators in any niche and any industry that you can work with. For influencers, I know a couple of things. Most of the influencers are not in position to turn down deals. And if you're working with brands who like, for whom, you know, you're probably at like just a diversity content creator, take the money. Honestly, it does not reflect on your integrity whatsoever. It doesn't mean like the person who took down, uh, who turned down the opportunity is like, has way more integrity or like is way more honest than you are. They, they are not, they are more privileged than you are because they can turn down the money and you can't. And that's, mm. that's a very different thing, right? Take yes. the money, do the content. That's fine. Nobody's going to think less of more of you. If you're going to work with this company, try to build out true relationship with brands that you really care for, that brands that you actually want to support. And like, I know that, for example, for BIPOC community owned brands, there oftentimes a situation where they cannot, they're not in a position to pay you. And this has been multiple times in, in, in a business and the practices. And like, I've been giving them like free coaching sessions on how to work with them. And you can do gifting with them. You can support, they don't need to pay you money right away. For example, you have a brand that you really want to support. You can just share a story. You can share a product. You can buy their product. So you can, you can be the supporter, you can be the change that you want to see, and you can start it with yourself and giving out to the community as well. So like, it's definitely not a very easy conversation. I feel like Lauren, we can have like five more episodes just talking about it. I know. And this, the reality is I'm also not in the best position to talk about this stuff. And this is why I have guest speakers coming into my academy and talking about it and mm-hmm. educating people on the importance of inclusivity and representation when it comes to influencer marketing and any online digital space, because it's a, such a huge and such an important conversation. And I honestly, I don't feel like I have the credibility that I need to be the spokesperson on the topic. I can talk about that however how many hours you want me about influencer marketing personal branding but this is my seat at the table so i need to invite somebody else to my table so they can talk about it and they can be the spokesperson and they can educate people much much better than i can and educate me first of all because i also know that it's a huge privilege to be educated on this stuff 
And like as a Russian indigenous woman, there's so much stuff that I'm navigating for myself, but as adapting to a new country, as a learning the way to live in just North American culture, I know that I'm not the best person to talk about it. Again, ties into our topic, team members, have a community, have a network, have people that you can rely on. The more that we can support each other, share each other, like, hey, this person's more of an expert in this, or this person has a really great voice on this. It helps to open up those doors and those windows and, you know, the whole dang house, like to be able to invite those people in while we are still on our own, you know, learning journeys and not that we're ever going to like learn every single little thing. But do you think that we always have the power at the at the end of the day to uplift those other voices. I think that you're doing that beautifully with your academy, with the work that you're doing. And so you're already putting in that work, which is really, really cool. And again, really, really impactful. I really appreciate it. Oh my God, Lauren, you just cannot believe, uh, I have like tears coming out and you just like shine so much love and kindness into my heart. Oh, oh, oh my God. Now you're going to make me tear up. You're just going to cry here. I know. We need that encouragement to keep going in our own lives, as women, in our jobs, like just everything. And the more than I can, I can share that um, and for you to know that and, and for everyone to take that who's listening, it's like, you know what, you're, you're doing a phenomenal badass job and we need more people like you in the world. And I just think that this is incredible and you are incredible. Oh my God, Lauren, <laughs> you're the best. Thank you how do you stay motivated? Because I I do know, I mean, marketing is like, you're wearing several different hats. So how do you stay motivated in your job and just in life in general? My biggest motivation is actually my fear. And Mm -hmm. I am very motivated by my fear. And my biggest fear is that I won't live up to my biggest potential. And that's it. That's how I stay motivated. I know that I want to live a very big, a very bright life and I want to impact as many people as I can and I just can't go back to working nine to five and making uh however much money I was making this is just not this is just not the life that I want to live anymore I'm just motivated by fear to not to live up to whatever I want to be when I grow up (laughs) I have a theory about dreams and goals I feel like we wouldn't have it if we weren't capable of it. Like, I mean, what would be the point? Like if I, if I dreamt, I mean, I've had some weird dreams. Don't get me wrong. One of my dreams is to be able to be like Oprah one day, like speaking around the world and everything. And absolutely. I can see that. (laughs) That's not a dream. That's a goal. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. And so in that goal, it's like, I feel like my soul and my heart wouldn't have that goal if it wasn't already in me to do, exactly. you know? Exactly. Yeah. You already have the potential and your soul already knows yes. that it can achieve it very, very, like not easily, but like it's in between you to do it. Yes. Yes, exactly. And then, and that goes the same for you. And I just, I think, honestly, I feel like this is our year and I know there's been many eras we've had our villain era our soft girl era we've had our hustle era we had you know all the eras but I just think that this era whether you want to call it the me era or you want to call it like whatever you want to call it but truly like I just think like this is it like this is the 2022 2021 we're not gonna even talk about 2020 
but like this, <laughs> all of those years were just like in preparation, I think, for this upcoming year where it's just like, you know what, we're just doing the damn thing and we are just here and and thriving. And I just, I wish that and hope that for everyone, because I just think that, you know, we deserve it, especially for those who have been um, in the trenches of wanting to make that impact and wanting to make a difference and change. And I just think that, you know, 2023, I'm going to just hold it hostage because I'm just like, you know what, you have no other choice but to be phenomenal. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I love it. I absolutely love it. Well, I absolutely love you. I mean, this was just such a phenomenal conversation. And I think everything that you're doing is so good. I just think it's the coolest thing that you're sharing it with the world, because I, I think that we need more of that. I mean, the, the more support that we can have, the more I think that we're able to get closer to our dreams and our goals and everything. So I just know for everyone who's listening back, I, I hope that you were inspired by this episode as much as I was. Lauren, honestly, I cannot express enough how much like how much this meant to me and I really appreciate it you you honestly you're the sunshine of a human being and I will be your very first subscriber I swear to you and I am so honored so incredibly honored to be here and I'm so grateful for you uh and the entire team for inviting me now I'm like crying <laughs> that's really cool that's really sweet <laughs> gosh dig it Oh, goodness. Well, thank you, Daria. Thank you so much, truly. This is this is phenomenal. This is really cool. And especially, I mean, first time ever doing a podcast. So this is, that means the entire world. So thank you. Thank you for joining us. Share where everyone can follow you and um, just stalk you like I have. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest and probably the best place would be to hit me up on my Instagram at Daria uh, AST. And the same can go for my website or my email. All the information can be found on my Instagram. Again, it's uh, Daria AST. And always open to have any conversations with everybody. Wonderful. Well, Daria, thank you so much for blooming with us. And just, I know that you're going to continue to be the <laughs> brighter than the sun on this world. So thank you. And that wraps up another episode of The Bloom Pod. Thank you so much for joining us for today's conversation. Seriously, every single one always becomes our newest favorite. At Helen Blue Media, it is our number one mission to make sure that all women feel seen, heard, and included. If you aren't already, we would love for you to go give Hello Blue Media a follow on Instagram. You can find us at Hello Blue Media or at www.hellobluemedia.com. Until next time, everyone. Bloom, Bloom on! on.